0: the first of two programs with the pianist Andras Schiff. I'm Brendan O'Shea.
1: There are very great benefits to be gained from a performance where the soloist is directing the ensemble because then it becomes chamber music and it's a communal experience.
0: Schiff was born in Budapest in Hungary in 1953 and started piano lessons at the age of five. Subsequently, he continued his musical studies at the Liszt Academy. Among his teachers was the great Georgi Kortag and then in London with George Malcolm. Recitals and special cycles, among others the major keyboard works of J.S. Bach, Haydn, Mozart, Beethoven, Schubert, Chopin, Schumann and Bartók form an important part of his activities, as well as being a regular conductor and soloist with orchestras the likes of the Philadelphia Orchestra, Los Angeles Philharmonic, Staatskapelle Dresden and the City of Birmingham Symphony Orchestra. Throughout his career, Andras Schiff has devoted much of his time to performing chamber music and has been the artistic director of several music festivals, including the internationally renowned Musiktage Monsi, a chamber music festival near Salzburg, and the Ittinger Finks in Switzerland. Schiff's many international prizes include the renowned Italian Prize, the Premio della Critica Musicale Franco Appiati, in recognition of his Beethoven piano sonata cycle, and the Royal Academy of Music Bach Prize, presented to an individual who has made an outstanding contribution to the performance and or scholarly study of the music of Johann Sebastian Bach. Well, among the highlights at Bonn's Beethoven Festival this year were two concerts featuring Andra Schiff and his own chamber orchestra, called the Capella Andrea Baca. The ensemble, which consists of international soloists and chamber musicians, was founded by Schiff in 1999. When I met up with him after one of these concerts, I asked him firstly about the significance of Bonn being Beethoven's birthplace and the original editions of Beethoven's music which are kept in the city and what sort of an influence these had on his performance practice Of course in music
1: we have a very different philosophy to the theatre for example which I never understood I passionately love the theatre but I cannot believe what directors do to texts of authors. I mean, that they take a play of Shakespeare, I mean, to me, as a musician, every word that Shakespeare had written would be sacred. I would not dream of changing a word. And they do. They cut out pages and pages and, and, and change the order of, of scenes. and. Uh, I mean, They think this is legitimate now. In music we have, luckily, in my opinion, a philosophy that the fidelity to the text is our uppermost duty. And therefore, when we perform a masterpiece by Beethoven or by Mozart or by Bach, then we not only have to look for a good edition, but we have to go back to the sources, uh, preferably the autograph manuscript of the composer, and if you can see that in a collection or in a museum, or there are facsimile editions produced of those manuscripts today, and also in the case of Beethoven, go back to his conversation books and his sketches and how he worked on a piece of music it's unbelievably interesting you get so much information that you never get from from the printed edition the printed edition is is a is a very neat edition there are no corrections in it and it's much more interesting to to see a composer's handwriting i mean everybody knows the feeling of looking at a letter written by your grandmother for example it's not like an email mm-hmm.
0: I'm wondering about performance practice and indeed the way you presented yesterday evening Beethoven's Fifth Concerto, where you've placed the piano right in the middle of the orchestra and that you conduct from the piano. It presents a number of different things for an audience in the sense that, first of all, for you as a pianist, I can imagine that without the lid, certain amounts of uh, the way you create the sound is slightly different, but also the piano becomes part of the the orchestra, the, the shape of it. It's something, something very special. I'm wondering about that and this performance practice and this particular group of musicians you put together and your ideas behind that.
1: Historically speaking, this is again where you go back to the roots and the sources. Uh, The piano concerto as we know it today, the greatest master of the piano concerto was unquestionably Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart and Beethoven would be the first to recognize that Beethoven had written five magnificent piano concertos, but Mozart had written 27, and there wouldn't be these Beethoven concertos without the precedent of of the Mozart piano concerti. Now, as we know, in Mozart's time, Mozart directed this piano concerti from the keyboard, there was no such thing as a conductor. And the same is true with Beethoven. He played himself the first four concerti, and by the time he wrote The Emperor, then his deafness was so advanced that he, he was no longer able to, to play it himself. So Karl Czerny, his most famous pupil, the first performance. But again, we do not know the existence of a conductor. And yet today, the public is used to the fact that all piano concerti are played by by a soloist with with the lid, and there is a conductor. And this is a fact that that has not been questioned really, or challenged. And yet, historically, it's, it's completely wrong. Now... When you come to the 19th century and and after Beethoven, then you have the type of virtuoso concertos by Chopin, by by Liszt, by Brahms, by uh, Rachmaninoff, uh, where really the the pianistic and instrumental challenges are are enormous. And also the orchestral forces are much larger. So around 1830, 1840, the person of the conductor becomes evident. Mendelssohn was probably the first great conductor. And those works of the 19th and the 20th century, they really do require a conductor because the forces are so large that it's almost impossible to, to keep them together. But I would say that in the 18th century and early 19th century, so I Beethoven, I count to, to that period, there are very great gains, great benefits to be gained from a performance where the soloist is directing the ensemble, because then it becomes chamber music. Chamber music in a, in a large sense, on a large scale, where there is a constant give and take between the players. People are listening to each other, and it's a communal experience. With the conductor, the orchestral players are not listening to the piano. They are just watching the conductor's beat. And to me, that's not music making. It's, you know, everything is together. There is a policeman. There are no accidents, no crashes. But that's not what music is about to me. I mean, there are exceptions, and, you know, there are wonderful conductors with whom I have played these pieces. But I would not uh, change that to these experiences that I gain um from doing it with a with a select group of people. You cannot do this kind of music making with, with anybody, with strangers. Uh, so I put together my chamber orchestra, Capella Andrea Barca, uh, which was formed ten years ago for the performance of all the Mozart piano concertos at the Salzburg Mozart Woche. So We finished that project now, and it it took us uh, seven years. Each year we did three concerti that we prepared and performed in Salzburg. And we stayed together, and uh, now we do other repertoire, also symphonic repertoire, also other concerti, not only by Mozart. Uh, This is a group of musicians of my choice and my selection. Uh, They are all soloists and even more so chamber music specialists. They play in string quartets, in other ensembles. Uh, Very few are in symphony orchestras. There are some, but very few. And they are very international. They come from all parts of Europe, even outside of Europe and we meet two or three times a year.
0: Pianist Andra Schiff.